Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Clone Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Cabert, and today I am so excited because we're going to be talking with Graham Cochran. Now, Graham is a very, very interesting guy. He's got a YouTube show, he's got a podcast, he's got a coaching business, and he even has another business we're going to talk about a little bit. Graham, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Sam. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the pod. So for our listeners, it would be great if you could kind of give them a sense of who you are and kind of your path to what you're up to now. Yeah, so I'm an online entrepreneur. I've been running a business called The Recording Revolution for about 10 years uh, where I teach musicians how to record their music with budget equipment and make it sound professional. And so I have a music background and music recording and producing background. And then that led into the business where I'm teaching other musicians how to DIY their music. So I've been doing that for 10 years. And then the last few years, I've been doing more online business coaching, um, teaching people how to monetize their knowledge, their skill set, the things they're good at and create information products and membership sites and coaching brands based around what they know, love and what they're good at. So I, I do, uh, YouTube videos, podcasting, and and creating online products. It's fun. No, I love it. And for 100% transparency, I'm actually a member of your course. And I took your course a few months ago, and that helped me launch my course, which teaches entrepreneurs how to scale their business by building out a virtual assistant team. And I'm so grateful for you coming on the pod because I've been following your work and that's obviously why I turned into a paid customer, right? But your mindset of focusing on your strengths is what we're all about here at Clone Yourself. And you and I were talking just a little bit before we hit record about how your approach looks when it comes to working with your employees that are remote and your VAs. Can you kind of walk us through your mindset on how you prioritize which tasks you're going to do and which your other team members would do? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I will say that I probably could have benefited from your show in the early years because I'm I'm usually the kind of guy that wants to do everything myself, partly because I'm curious about a lot of different things and I enjoy, you know, every little task, whether it's video editing to writing sales copy to building out products inside of a, a digital background, uh, a backend. I love all that stuff. So it's kind of fun for me, but, um, and I have a hard time delegating. So I'm a slow learner when it comes to that. So I didn't have a team probably for the first, let's see, five years, four or five years. It was just me doing everything. Um, and I was also just figuring out how to to build an audience and how to monetize it. So a lot of it was just discovery. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but my first experience with a VA was when I realized back in 2013, I was just spending way too much time in my inbox. I just would lose right. three hours a day easily um, answering student questions, fan questions from the YouTube channel, from the blog, um, you know, customer service issues. I can't get my download link. I mean, the basic normal stuff, uh, I prided myself in answering every single email that came my way uh, of being approachable and accessible. And, and that was really, really fun until it hit a point where I couldn't scale it anymore because my audience was growing faster than I ever imagined. And I realized I don't have time to actually make the video content that they're coming to me for because I'm too busy answering their questions in email. So 
I, I need to do something. And it hit me when I was on a, a beach trip with my, my wife and one daughter at the time. We got two girls now and we were just getting away for like four nights at a little condo right on the ocean. And I had to bring my laptop and I was checking email and my wife was like, really, babe, you're going to, you're going to hmm. work like this. is just, We're not even gone for right. even a week. And yeah. I, I remember sort of pushing back and saying, well, I, someone's got to respond to these emails. And then it kind of dawned on me, well, maybe that person doesn't have to be me. Right. Uh, and so, dude, that was my first like clash with um, my time is, is finite and I need to be doing more valuable things. And yet the work in the inbox is valuable. And I do need to get to these people's response or these emails and address most of them. What would it look like to hire somebody to to do that for me? And I was, dude, I was scared if that was even possible. But I started by hiring a, a buddy of mine who wanted some extra money and wanted to work remote. And I uh, said, "Hey, dude, can I just hire you for ten hours a week uh, and see if you can work something out for my in my inbox?" And we just kind of built it from there. So how did that start though? Because for a lot of us, that's a very subjective task. And part of what I teach is starting out with VAs on objective tasks where something is either done correct or incorrect. It's very black and white because it's easier to train and it's easier sure. to, it's kind of like training wheels when you're first getting started. So that seems very, very difficult to start with a cleaning out your inbox and managing different requests. What did that look like? Could you walk us through the process a little bit? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it was messy. Um, so I, I agree with you. I didn't think of it in that those terms, but the objective tasks were, Hey man, you're going to have, here are the different types of emails that come in and you're going to have emails that are from customers who have an issue with their product or they want a refund, um, or they, whatever it is. And so those are very, so you objective. probably had templates, sorry, you probably had templates to yeah. uh, give your buddy, right? Exactly. I said, exactly. This is how you respond. Save it as, I mean, it's just all in Gmail, save it as a canned response or they call it templates now right. and, and just, Say this always respond this way. Here's how to handle those things. And then you're going to get emails that are th this type of email. It's just going to be someone who's a super fan, but they just have a question about something super specific with a specific product. And we just can't answer those questions anymore. So you're going to have to just have a response to say, Hey, thanks. We don't, we can't respond to personal like opinions on specific pieces of gear. So I just kind of walk through like the types of responses. But the first couple of weeks I was like, look, I, I'm not, I haven't thought of everything. I don't have scripts for you. So let's just work really close together. And you ask me about every single email you're unsure about. And I'll just lose some time for a couple of weeks saying, oh, okay, when you get an email like this, this is what I want you to do, tag it this way. And so over probably two weeks, he figured out um, how he wanted, how I wanted him to respond to just about 95% of the emails that came in. And, um, and then he would tag the ones that were just for me. So we kind of created a system together because I didn't have one, right? So right. it was, you're absolutely right. The objective tasks were the ones I needed to make sure we took care of, the ones that involved dollars and people needing their money back or who had a, a need and they were paying customers. But the rest of them, it could be messy because it was just email and, and we'll figure it out. And if someone doesn't get a response right away, it's okay. So we just created a system, I guess, together. That's amazing. And one of the things I love about that is your mindset. Like you even said, like, this is going to take a couple of weeks and I'm going to have to put in some time because for so many of us, it's that catch 22, right? Because we need to bring on employees or VAs or support in one way or another because we don't have the time. And then when we think about it and we're like, wait a second, 
it's going to take more time to bring someone on. I don't have the time, but you knew that this is going to help you in the long term because if you get the foundation right now, as your sales and continue to increase as you continue to scale, your foundation's already going to be in place. So that's awesome. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think most people either can be convinced that it's worth it if they see the benefit of, oh, I'll imagine all the free time I'll have, or I won't have to do that task I hate anymore. But I think the biggest motivator if and someone like me who was so slow to delegate and hire a VA, the biggest motivator was the pain was just too much. I just, right. I just was so sick of losing three to four hours a day doing something that wasn't pushing the business forward. Uh, but it took me a long time to get to that point. So I think if the pain is big enough, you'll be willing to put up with more initial work up front. And someone like you who is teaching this stuff can be the voice and hopefully can be the voice in their ear saying, trust me, it's yes, it's harder now initially, but it will pay off in the long run. Exactly. And I always talk about starting with your why, because then when you hit that pit of why am I doing this, you can go back to your why. And I wanted to talk to you about your why and just goal setting and vision, because you seem like someone who is very clear on your path. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, when, when I started out, I was, the path was, the why was really clear. It was, I, I had just moved to a new state, got a new job, had our first baby, bought our first house, and then lost my job. And it was in the middle of the recession and I had no income uh, and I was stressed out and I was trying to ramp up some freelance work to pay the bills. And I, I fumbled into blogging and starting a YouTube channel thinking I would get leads for my freelance business and it turned into a, a content-based business. And I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time. But the why then was I need to pay the bills. <laughs> so it was like, how can I find a way to monetize what I know and make a living or at least subsidize my living. Uh, so it was really simple in the early years because I had a desperate need. It wasn't like, oh, I'd love to start a business. I didn't want right. a business. I, just, I, had a, I had responsibilities and I was stressed out. Beyond that though, then it gets really mushy because you know then you maybe have some income goals. Oh, it'd be cool if I made six figures. Oh, it'd be cool if I made multiple six figures. You have these goals, but the funny thing is for a guy like me is as the business grew, my why got really, uh, really muddy. It was hard to figure out what my why was anymore because there wasn't that immediate need of, well, I need to provide because it was, it was there right. and it was covered. And so I had to get really clear on what is my why? Why do I, why do I keep making videos? Why do I keep teaching the music stuff? And then why am I starting a second brand on teaching online business and, yeah. and content creation? Like, why am I doing this? And so my why these days is a lot more clear than it was maybe even five years ago while I was still successful. And I just was having to come up with a new why, but I feel like on the music side of things, um, that brand, my why is I know what it's like. I know what it was like to, to be hampered by the technology and to have an idea, a creative idea, want to get it out and want it to sound professional and not know what to do and feel like no one would take me seriously because I wasn't working in a big studio. And so my why is to empower those people and just to make it not confusing. I'm not a very technical person. Uh, I'm not the brightest guy in the room. And so I, I can try to bring it down to a level that's approachable for these people. And I want to empower them. And I love seeing people like be like, oh my gosh, I can go make a record and have fun and it's going to sound good. And then on the, the business side of things, having an online business has changed my life. It's been the greatest thing ever because I've been able to 
uh, not only have income uh, potential that I never would have dreamed of. I mean, I was a musician. You know, musicians don't really right. have a lot of <laughs> ambition yeah. for a lot of money because it's it's not not in the cards. So I have a lot of income potential, which is super exciting. But for me, it's really the flexibility. I love that I can work so few hours, which allows me to stay focused and stay creative because I'm not burned out. And then at the same time, have time with my family. Um, and that's really, really important to me. So my why is in that brand is to help people experience the same kind of joy I've experienced by having an online business. Um, and I see the same thing for them. I see them being burdened and overwhelmed and it's so confusing and there's so much information. So I want to simplify the process, help people create an income stream and let them do what they do. So I'm just trying to... If this sounds cliche, it's because it's it's used too much, but it's very true. I feel like my role in life um, as a human and as a as a Christian, I think is actually a very Christian ethic, is to make the world a better place um, mm -hmm. and to literally redeem the broken parts of the world as best I can. So in small ways, I'm trying to make the music world a better place, like help people actually execute their musical vision. And in the, the life and business space, I'm trying to help people get out of work they're not meant to do so they can actually do the work they're meant to do, that they're designed to do, because then they're, they're going to have impact and, and help yeah. a ton of people and make the world a better place. I feel like I'm a catalyst for that. And it's super, super rewarding. I, I love that so much. I have another podcast called Soul Seeker that I like to say is about soul life balance rather than work life balance because I believe that work is just a component of life. So you're preaching to the choir and um, anyone listening definitely agrees with you too because they wouldn't be here otherwise, right? So that is really good stuff. I'm wondering how you do manage your various projects because I see a video from you what seems like almost every day, maybe it's every other day, like a little snippet on Instagram and you have really good videos and you have your podcast as well. I don't follow you, I don't think on YouTube, but you do have a YouTube channel, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Are those, is it just your podcast in video format or is that a different show completely? Yeah, that's all it is. It's smoke and mirrors, my friend. It's the same content. That's so, what I figured. Yeah. yeah, it's a video podcast. Um, and that's because I come from the YouTube world. And so I've always been uploading YouTube videos. And the podcast was new earlier this year um, because people requested it. Um, and it kept bugging me for about two years to do a podcast. <laughs> and I finally relented. And I was like, well, I don't have the margin to do a podcast in addition to my video. So let me see if I can combine them. And so that's all it is. And then the Instagram are snippets of that podcast. So let me ask you a quick question because see, I'm a podcast guy, not a YouTube guy. Um, for me, it's frustrating when I can't find the the audio version of like a YouTube because what say I'm running, right? There's not really a good way to listen to YouTube while you're running if your phone is locked, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's not. Okay, cool. I was wondering if that was operator error. Anyways, um, let's talk about the strategy behind this. So when you record your video, if for anyone listening, you can check Graham out on Instagram, the Graham Cochran. Um, when you'll see his uh, Instagram with videos, snippets of the podcast and both uh, the YouTube channel as well. But when you record this, are you the one that's actually editing the video as well? Yeah, so... I, this is how I decided to do it. I will just not make mistakes and there'll be nothing to edit. <laughs> so, so literally, bro, I just hit record and I go for 45 minutes and then that's it. 
Okay, but when you uh, let's let me ask you another way. When you after you're done recording, then with the raw footage, I think you put text on top of it, and you obviously need to choose a section that you're going to cut for YouTube. Do you do all that? So the YouTube, no, the YouTube is the full thing. So I'll I'll set up the. Sorry, I'm talking about Instagram. My bad. Instagram. Okay, Instagram. yeah. Yeah. So the Instagram snippets, that is not me doing that. So I, I my VA do that for me. Yeah. Perfect. Oh. Yeah. He's he I'm like, hey, every week just take take the podcast, pull out a couple of nuggets, two, two, three minute nuggets that you think are really cool and chop those up. Yeah, exactly. Love that. Yeah. Cause so many people, you know, we're we're afraid of letting go. And a big part of it is at first when we start this, we're going to look at that video and we're going to rewatch it and we're going to give our VA timestamps of like, this is what I want. And that's a huge step for a lot of people just to get to that point. When you get to the point where Graham's at, where you have the trust and faith in your VA to say, hey, watch us and whatever you think is going to resonate, that's where that's your why. Remember, keep that vision. So that's awesome. Do you use Trello to manage that or how do you actually uh, work with your VA on that? Yeah. So I use Asana, which is very similar to Trello. Um, I, but I only really use that for the content. So I'll shoot the podcast and I throw it into my template, the video template and render it out and upload it for my uh, VA. And then I add the like description and the title and you know, the things that I kind of want in the email to go out all in Asana. But as far as that little, those, those nuggets, I, I, I trust my V. I know him. Um, and, and he, he's into business and he's sharp. And so we, we tried it, you know, the first few times, like, Hey, I gave him a shot. Why don't you try to pull out what you think are some good nuggets from this episode? And it's really telling. I mean, if he doesn't pull out the nuggets that I think really makes sense, or if he missed like the, some really cool stuff, then I could correct. And if he, still didn't get it, I could say maybe it's just not a good fit for him to do it. But at the same time, I have to be open to know that like, hey, if the whole episode's good, almost anything he pulls out is going to be good. So, you know, there's no right or wrong nugget for him to pull out unless there was something very specific. But I, I relinquished that at the very beginning and said, look, I'm too close to it. I just talked for 45 minutes. I'm sure there's some right. good stuff in there. You let me know. What, I think it's almost better to have someone else pull out the nugget because something might resonate with them that's different than what I would have thought of. And uh, that really helps out the brand, I think. Especially you saying uh, you're too close to it too. That's a lot. That's a very good point. So in terms of the lead time, do you try to get this done a couple of weeks in advance or are you like uh, getting it done right before you're sharing it on social media? No, I mean, the the content, the podcasts are done batched a month in advance um, so that he has time to prep it all. And, and then he likes to get ahead on the snippets for Instagram. Um, worst case, like, this month has been bananas and I've been behind on a couple of things. So I shot literally an episode uh, the day before it was supposed to go live. And so he had to make the Instagram snippets right away, but it was just one. So he was able to do it, but generally he likes lead lead time. I like lead time. So we try to work in a way that's good for both of our schedules. Love it. Love it. No, I think that's huge. So there's, there's some really good tips you provide. Appreciate that, Graham. If people want to connect with you and kind of learn from you, can you tell us a little bit about your coaching business you have? Yeah. every Like I said, every week I'm doing a podcast. It's the Graham Cochran Show, wherever you listen to podcasts. But all the content is at grahamcochran.com as well. So you can watch the video there uh, and follow me on Instagram at the Graham Cochran. I tell people if you're, if you're 
new to online business, or maybe you have on a lot of people who have like a coaching business, but they actually want more of a recurring revenue stream or more passive income element to their business. That's kind of my sweet spot is helping people uh, like yourself, Sam, like helping people develop digital products that can sell in the background, which can help you leverage your time even more. Um, so that's a, that's a lot of what I teach. And I have a workshop that walks people through the four components of creating an actual passive income business and how they connect together and including what tools to use both free and paid some templates and scripts that I use that work really well. And it's about a 45 minute workshop that I teach that people can get at grahamcochran.com right on the homepage. And I endorse this. I highly recommend it. I'm a, uh, I've been through it. So if you are at all intrigued, it is a free workshop and we'll have a link in the show notes as well. So highly recommend it. Grandma, before we get going, anything else you would like to touch on in terms of either soul life balance or focusing on your strengths or anything about scaling your business at all? Well, yeah, dude, I just love what you're doing because I think what you're helping people do is leverage their time. And that's so critical because it's like if you imagine phase one of being an entrepreneur is learning how to create value in the marketplace that people will pay for. And that's a huge skill set. It's incredible. So if you get to that phase, and I think a lot of business training is focused on that phase, like just get something to sell. Uh, and right. I don't want to minimize that because not everyone can do that. It's a really cool gift to be able to create something and sell it and, and the marketplace loves it and buys it. Uh, but the next phase is really where you want to be, which is it's not just about creating revenue and income. It's about, like you said, a whole complete holistic life. And too many people are focused on 10xing their business and growing their business to the exclusion of all else. And they teach that in a vacuum. And that just doesn't make any sense because anything you do in your life affects everything else in your life. And to live as if they're compartmentalized is just to live with your eyes shut and your ears closed. It's just not the way reality is. So I love what you're doing because if people can follow what you're teaching and whether it's through VAs or automated, automating things through the software or getting better with the way you manage your time or whatever, a combination of all those things, you can free up your time, then you're going to A, do what you talked about, which is focus on the stuff that you're really, really good at, your sweet spot, and you're going to have more impact. But B, you're going to have more time and clarity to, to live the rest of your life. You probably have people in your life you want to spend time with. You probably have other things that you, you do other than work. And if you don't, then, then you've, missed, you've missed part of yourself or lost part of yourself. And it's time to go back and find the other parts of yourself that aren't just work and have a more well-rounded life. And that's what I'm all about. That's, that's why I'm teaching passive income, not because I just want to sit around and do nothing all day and have money come in. It's because it's the, the type of business that allows me to live the life where I'm more integrated with the people in my life and the other things in my life that are important to me. And I feel like it's more sustainable than hustling for a few years and making a lot of money and then crashing and burning or destroying every relationship I've worked hard to build. So I love what you're teaching because I feel like it's integrated into what I'm trying to do. And I think anyone listening would be wise to, like you said, build their business, but have a why and know what a holistic integrative life could look like. And if you don't know how to get there, that's okay because the stuff that Sam you're teaching is going to help them get there, but don't just make money for money's sake. I, that's, that's just a sad, shallow way to live. And it's, it's, it's bigger than that. Yeah. And I just want to echo that if, for any of the listeners that do love this show, then you're going to love Graham's show because part of the reason why I turned into a client of Graham's is because 
he talks about, he thinks the same way as I think in terms of this whole soul life balance that he was just alluding to. And, you know, that's really what resonates with me. And I think that's really what resonates with a lot of the listeners here. And sometimes we don't really think about this, but the virtual assistant business model is a two-way street in terms of financial freedom. And as an entrepreneur, I, I like to say that I have that classic entrepreneurship depression of chasing chasing goals and meeting those goals and kind of being like, okay, now I'm depressed. Like, what did I even want to do that? And that's yeah. I don't know. That's a that's a whole nother rabbit hole. But Part of that too is with my actual business, Swagworks, where we sell where we sell swag to B two B companies. That business grows every single year, and I work less and less each year. I work less than four hours a day. Like I say, I work less than four hours a day. I probably work about two hours a day in it, and the sales go up every year. So I kind of look around, and whether it's like friends to hang out with, or just when I'm out and about during the day, and just see people working, there's a little bit of guilt, and there's a little bit of depression that comes in because it's just like, what is this nine to five and this just work model that we have? Like, we don't need to be slaves to the system, and it's always been that entrepreneurs could have the freedom but it's never really been where the employees are. And there's a lot of risk that comes with being an entrepreneur and that's not for everyone. So what I love about this whole virtual assistant model, even more than the obvious stuff in terms of the benefits for the business owner is the benefits for the employees, the benefits for the virtual assistants. I've talked with so many people that are VAs where they're traveling the world, they're living their best life and they, they're working on their terms because VAs get to work as if they were entrepreneurs. They choose who they work with, the type of work they do, when they work, where they work. And it's just an amazing lifestyle. And I'm just um, grateful to be able to improve quality of life in my own little way. And that's kind of where I'm coming to terms with uh, my my guilt in that type of stuff. So yeah, it's kind of funny. That's really cool, man. I, I love that perspective. I don't know if you hear that enough. A lot of people just see the utility of the VA from you know the self selfish standpoint. I don't mean that in a negative way, but hey, how will this help me and my business? But you're exactly right. And I would just echo that. My, my primary VA adding more hours to his workload for me has allowed him to leave a full-time job and run his business too. So he's both a VA and an entrepreneur. So he's out able to stay home now with his family and run the two, the two companies from home and he just loves the flexibility. So it's been a win for him as well. That's amazing. I love to hear those stories. Well, sir, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the pod. And for all the listeners, check out Graham's podcast, The the Graham Cochran Show, and we'll put the link in the show notes as well. Graham, thanks so much. Hey, thanks for having me, Sam. Thanks for checking out this episode. If you liked what you heard, then please leave a five-star review on iTunes and share the pod with a friend. Remember, you are the average of the five people you hang out with most. So if this pod helped you in any way, then why not share it with your network? Till next time, my friends. Thanks so much for listening.